the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg, and I've got a cold. Yeah, it's it's not COVID. I got the flu shot, which of course gives you a cold. I'm I'm still Rob, if you want to call me something, but you know mm-hmm. whatever. We've got reviews. We've got news. We've got some very odd news. A lot of stuff is hmm bypassing theater and going straight to streaming. Who a knew? lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, this week we got announcements. Uh, Pixar's Soul, mm-hmm. which sounds like. Uh, something that they should keep um it looks like a good movie i'm just saying yeah but calling it uh, it, it's not just soul it's pixar's soul which yeah sounds halloweenish it's not it's coming out in december on disney plus i'm just saying um let's see i'll move this story around a little bit because i had it in a different order you know what it doesn't matter wonder woman 2 is also coming to streaming uh have they And they announced it, and then they said, we don't know which service yet, nor do we know when. Have you heard anything since the announcement? I have not. And (laughs) you would think that they would work out, iron out details like who actually is paying for the rights to this before they say, hey, it's going to go streaming. Really odd. Very, (laughs) very strange. Actually, we've got a lot of DC news this week. Um, HBO Max, which is probably where you're going to find Wonder Woman 2, has announced that they have greenlit the Green Lantern series, um, which I think could be it could be good. We're going to get a lot more Green Lanterns than we did. Uh, we're going to get um, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. And if you do not know the characters, one of them's gay, one's Muslim, one's a bit of a dick, and one's a woman. I'll let you figure out which is which. There you go. Uh, it's supposed to be a 10-episode series, and I think it it has a lot of potential, but then again, so did the Ryan Reynolds version. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it, it could be – it has the potential to be the best thing DC has come out with, and I'm including The Dark Knight. Um, however, it also has the potential to be a train wreck because there's a lot of moving parts, and they don't have a good history for some reason with that character. So – yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's good. I won't be watching it, though, because don't get HBO Max. But eventually it'll show up somewhere else. So and I'll watch it then. Behold the DVDs. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They've also rearranged a lot of and I'm going to include Warner Brothers in this. Um, rearranged a lot of theater releases. For example, The Batman, which was coming out next year, is now coming out March 4th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flash has been moved to November 4th, 2022. Shazam 2, June the 2, 2023. <laughs> you you, you could have yeah, really. arranged that a bit because there's a lot of twos going on in that one. That's uh, I did notice Black Adam was pulled all together, which is interesting. You know, pulled from the schedule. It doesn't mean they're not making it. Right. Which uh, makes sense because they're pushing everything back so far. I do want to mention one thing about Batman, all the, the odd rumors going around that that Pattinson wasn't in shape to get back to work after he was diagnosed. And then there was some comments being some speculation that he said, well, he wasn't working out because he had COVID and some speculation. Oh, he's just kidding. It's like, why would you be working out when you have COVID? You probably are sick. You're not going to be working out. Why would he be joking about that? Why would the director be mad that he wasn't working out while he was dealing with a disease That's like a potentially that. terminally ill. <clears throat> yeah. And then there are 
other rumors going around that all of that was a smokescreen and they're just having the happy creative differences. It's like, oh my God, what a train wreck. Hopefully none of that is true and it's just the delays that happen to, to a lot of productions <clears throat> and then when your star gets sick. So yeah, but okay, so, really, so really weird rumors going around. <clears throat> Another, <clears throat> I don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Another COVID-related story, and I thought this was funny. Did you see the thing with the bold and the beautiful this week? I did not. Um, apparently, one of their female uh, character er, actresses, female actors, whatever we're calling them, damn yeah. political correctness. Sometimes you get in the way. <clears throat> one of them caught it, but she had already filmed her half of a scene and only needed to film the kiss to end a scene with her boyfriend. Well, she couldn't do that. The episode was coming up, so he was forced to kiss a mannequin. And it was a big, passionate kiss, and it apparently took several takes because, well, they couldn't stop people from laughing. Uh, yeah. So, kissing a mannequin. Weird. I I uh, I probably haven't watched anything of the soap opera ilk since Edge of Night was on. So uh, it just floated across my desk and went. Why yeah, is I may, kissing a mannequin. I may have to. I may have to <clears throat> track that episode down because that should be funny. Good Lord. Let's <clears throat> um, see other movies that were moved. The Matrix 4 was actually moved up, which I'm not entirely sure I understand, to Christmas 2021. Uh, it was originally moved to Christmas or to October 1st, 2021, but then they found out that that's when Dune has been moved to. Good choice. Uh, which, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I really want to see this. But I get it. Um, Cineworld announced that they're closing Regal Cinemas across the states, which right. technically has nothing to do with these moves and yet everything to do with these moves. So, right. I can't remember if it was the governor of New Jersey, but some political figure uh, blamed, <laughs> blamed the Bond film Die Another Day for the oh, no. closing that of was, all the Regal Cinemas. That's where I was going next. Okay, good. <clears throat> you know who it is that's, that's mad? I love this because this Among is the other people. It's NATO. Oh, that's NATO a new one. That's an even is new mad one. about the Bond movies being moved. Now, for those of you who are thinking it's NATO, the international government thing. No, it's the National Association of Theater Owners. Because mm. originally it read NATO is mad. I'm like, why the hell is NATO? Anyway, it's their chief, John Fithian. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Um, He's pointing the finger of blame at Andrew Cuomo for making the theaters close and his failure for not getting his state reopened. You know what, John? Bite me. It's a <laughs> pandemic. It's going to last a while. And if it yeah. gets in the way of your Bond movie, I'm not going to shed any tears over that. You know, that's that's you being an ass. Knock it off. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, let's see. The <clears throat> other Warner Brothers news, because I did have this and I thought this was. This is weird. Uh, Warner Brothers is producing a show for HBO and Cartoon Network called Bat Wheels. Which is apparently a cross between the Batman universe and cars, because the main characters are the Batmobile uh, Batgirl's Bat Cycle, the Bat Wing, whatever Robin drives around in these days. 
and they go out and fight crime. Which, you know, we mentioned Green Lantern having potential for being good. I'm not sure this does. No. That it just it sounds like a bad idea. Um, and actually, you know what? So does this, because when you first hear about this movie, you're going to go, that sounds like a really stupid idea. They're making a slinky movie. And when you first hear that, you go, <laughs> you know, making a Lego movie was pushing it, but how the hell are you going to make a whole movie out of a spring that walks downstairs alone or in pairs? Well, it's because when it walks downstairs with three of them, it becomes a romantic triangle. And they, ha- I'm kidding. It's actually about the hardships of uh, Slinky Create. Actually, it's not the Slinky creator, Richard James. It's his wife, Betty. Because apparently, <clears throat> Richard left her with the six kids in a mostly bankrupt company, which, well, his name's Richard. What do you expect? Um, <laughs> so it's supposed cool. to be inspirational and everything. And, but f- to me, it just sounds like a bad news story until you get to the end where there's a happy ending and yay. So if you like that kind of movie, hey, there it is. Uh, um, a slinky movie still. By, by the way, I, I believe I, as the politicians like to say, misspoke. So I'll just say I was wrong. It's not Die Another Day. It's No Time to Die is the James Bond movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, so got No Time away. to Die Another Day. <clears throat> no Time to Die. And yeah, the... And again, I read one story where someone blamed the cancellation of the film itself, like it was the delay of the film, on the studio. This is a separate story from blaming politicians for, it's like, oh my God, why would it be this one film company? So again, like you said, hello, pandemic. Well, you know, Bond will come out eventually and we'll all have a happy ending, except for Glow. Nope, Glow will not. um, I still haven't watched any of. But now I'll get the chance to binge watch the entire series because after three seasons and a renewal, which uh, would have given us a fourth season, and they've already filmed at least one full episode of season four, it's been canceled. <laughs> Rather which, odd timing. That that really has confused a lot of people this week because the actors have all they're all contractually uh, obligated to get paid for season four, but they're not going to do it. I'm like, well, if you're going to pay them, then, then do it. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I don't get delayed because of COVID, but come on. Right. I mean, that's, that's the issue. It's not like it's being pushed back. It's just like, no, we're just going to cancel it. And it's like, that's an odd thing after you've already agreed you're going to do it and signed contracts. Weird. I don't, I don't get it. But then again, makes, makes me think it's a DC property <laughs> or maybe the people who did the, uh, the first movie I'm going to look at this week because they couldn't figure out what to name it. <laughs> um, it depends on where you look as to what you're going to find. It was originally called the Archer and the Sorceress, not to be confused with the sword and the sorcerer I did a few weeks ago. No, right. this is different. Almost the same premise, but different. Uh, it's either the Archer and the Sorceress or the Archer fugitive from the Empire. He's looking for a one-armed sorceress. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, this is back in the early 80s. I really got into Dungeons and Dragons, which is why I watched movies like The Sword and the Sorcerer and Conan and The Archer 
and the sorceress or fugitives from the empire or whatever. Um, this was actually a made for TV movie that was going to be made into a TV series. Guess how well that worked out. Let me explain <laughs> how this started. We, we <clears throat> start with a kingdom kind of, it's kind of fractured. There's lots of different elements, but it's being brought together by King Bracchus, who was in mortal Kombat too. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's a different guy. King Bracchus played by George Kennedy of all people. Oh, Jesus. Now I want you to picture this. Start with George Kennedy. We all know George Kennedy. Picture George Kennedy. Now picture him as a Viking with a blonde wig. Now. <clears throat> that's terrifying. He has ponytails. Well, not really ponytails. It has braids on either side of his head. So he doesn't look so much like a Viking warrior. Uh, at, you know, less Viking warrior, more Heidi. <clears throat> yeah. It. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why no one in the makeup department, you know, just took one step back and went, yeah, that does, that does not work. Anyway, he gets killed off early on, so we don't have to worry about this as much. Where the story focuses on his son, Toran, who is framed for Bracchus's death. And then he's on the run with his trusty heart bow, which is wielded by only one person, because anyone else who touches it uh, explodes, which is handy if someone wants to steal it. That's fun. <clears throat> and every arrow that he fires with it basically turns into a grenade, which is clever. Lots of explosions in this um, movie. But then there's the sorceress, who doesn't like Turan because his grandfather killed her mother, and she wants revenge, and Turan says, well, he's dead, my dad's dead, and I don't know you or your mom, but I like you because you're hot. I'd like <laughs> that to be the reason, not not. I'd like that to not be the reason he got out of this, but it is. She's hot. <laughs> and I think you're cute. We should team up and go get the guy who really killed my dad. And she says, "Okay." Just kind of really. I mean, she has this cold short shoulder toward him through the rest of the show, but really. Incidentally, the guy who did kill King Bracchus was Toran's cousin, who was played by the other actor I knew going into this, Marco Lemo, who, if you don't know Marco Lemo, played Gul Dukat on Star Trek Deep Space Nine and a few other Cardassians along the way. Um, <laughs> but this was back when he had his porn stash. So braces. Oh, nice. Anyway, this, like I said, this was intended to be a pilot for a TV series, but guess what? It didn't happen. Uh, and if you really want to watch this, because it's it's terribly silly and it's got questionable effects, I'll go with questionable effects. Uh, you can find it in YouTube on YouTube in nine minute chunks, which is where I found it. I remembered the words heart bow and looked it up and found it from there and went, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll watch this so you don't have to. Um, <clears throat> we greatly but, appreciate it. But it does. I think my main problem with it is it violates one of the main laws of any Dungeons and Dragons type movie. It uses techno music. <laughs> techno music should not be used in any medieval movie or any Dungeons and Dragons type thing. Techno um, music. Jesus. There is only one time that has ever worked just once 
<sighs> and that's because the movie was so good it didn't matter that much. That and they got Alan Parson to do it. Uh, that film is called Lady Hawk. Which is... And if you haven't seen it... Quite a good frankly, film. Frankly, pause the show now and go watch this movie. It was really... <laughs> it is a really good movie. Um, the movie's plot, and I'll short form this, it follows a thief named Gaston, who is played perfectly by Matthew Broderick, who escapes from the prison city of... Or the city prison? Prison city? Whatever. Of Aquila. And teams with a disgraced captain named Navarre, who is played expertly by Rutger Hauer, and his cursed lover, Isabeau, who is played superbly by Michelle Pfeiffer. Can you tell we like this movie? Although I did spell it Michelle in my <laughs> notes, because I got my L's and my E's backwards. Thank you, dyslexia. Anyway, they were cursed by a Christian bishop. I didn't know Christians could do curses, especially one like this. But anyway, the, the bishop is played wonderfully by John Wood. There's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of action. There's a double barrel crossbow for crying out loud. You need to watch this. But there's also a lot of tender moments, which I think helped in making this one of my wife's favorite movies, too. So, you know, I, I, I put this on the all-time great movies. I really do. It's a lovely romance and a it cool is. D&D type movie. And, and what does it hinge on? What's the big problem they face? I was going to leave that as a spoiler. Really? Okay. Leave it as a spoiler. Because then. I, I think it, if you know going in, you kind of go, oh, okay, I get that. But there needs to be a little, I think there needs a little confusion at the beginning to go, what the hell's going on here? And then when you go, oh, they, they, I don't want to rob anyone of that, oh, moment. You know what? It's very cool. The bad it's guy very- is Parasite. No. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Thankfully, I, No. You, you need to at some point you need to watch this this movie uh and if that means buying the dvd or the vhs for for christ's sake go get it it's really good you need to watch this uh at some point it, it is available on many many sources many many places you, you gotta have it absolutely it, this is this is a must-have for your collection do you have any must-haves in your list of stuff this week uh, I don't really have any must-haves, although I do have. Uh, ooh, look, there you go. You can you can buy the DVD used for four eighty nine, five dollars. It's on Blu-ray. You can probably grab it at Walmart. So it's all over the place. Uh, I actually have three films, all psychological thrillers slash horror movies, all by the same director. All basically dealing with the same theme. Paranoia. Paranoia and living in apartments. Because they all take place in an apartment, which is also kind of weird. So the director is Roman Polanski. If you find your theme, stick with it. Yeah, so we're we're going to separate the work from the person. Because not a fan of this guy. But a fan of his work, yes. So the first film, not as well known as the second but the first film is called Repulsion. This came out in 1965, starring the absolutely gorgeous Catherine Deneuve. And she's extremely good in this as well. She plays a young woman who is, let's say she is not quite sure that she is ready for any kind of sexual contact. She has a boyfriend, but she's just literally, as it goes along, she gets more and more repulsed just by his touch, by his advances. And he's not being creepy. He's just wanting to kiss and she gets more and more set off by it 
She has, she lives with her sister, her sister and her roommate and her sister and her, her boyfriend, the sister's boyfriend go off on a holiday and leave her alone. And she hears them having sex at night and it gets her even more frantic and freaked out. When they go away, she starts having these weird visions. Uh, she imagines she's being attacked. She imagines she's being sexually assaulted and it's pretty bad. Uh, well, yeah. obviously it would be pretty bad, but the way it's depicted is, let's say, is uh, for 1965, it's pretty brutal. Let's put it that way. She starts freaking out and she starts freaking out more and more and more and things devolve as it goes along. She goes into a worse mental state and bad things start to happen. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But it is a really cool character study of this person who starts out as she might be a little fragile, but that's all that's going on. And, and her mental state gets to really, really bad places and bad things happen. So just three years later, he decides to do another movie about another young woman who is also paranoid in another apartment. This is one you probably heard of. This is Rosemary's Baby. So this yeah, is a, a, this. this one has a lot more more characters going on, but it is still just a study of a young woman. In this case, it's Mia Farrow, and she is the wife of a actor, played by actor director John Cassavetes. Is everybody in this film is great, and they move to they want to find a bigger apartment. He's this struggling theatrical actor in New York, and they kind of fall in with their neighbors, and their neighbors are really nice, but their neighbors are overly involved uh ruth gordon plays <laughs> plays one of the neighbors and she's absolutely fantastic uh she finds out she's pregnant there may be there may be some weird plots going on uh, as to what's exactly going to happen with rosemary's baby and so you're trying to figure out is she really is something really going on or is she just paranoid like the young girl was in repulsion and you'll have to watch the movie to figure that out. But this is one of the classic horror movies of all time. Excellent movie. Great character study. Great drama. And it gets to be, to be some pretty scary crap as you go along. At, he wrapped up his little study of paranoia and apartment living, which is an odd thing, in 1976 with The Tenant. Now, he probably would have approached this sooner, except life intervened and life mattered managed to murder his wife in 1969. So he probably wasn't really all that into doing horror movies for a while. I would think 76, he comes back to it and he makes a film called the tenant and is not tenant like the new Nolan movie tenant, like someone who rents a place. He Roman Polanski takes the lead in this. So he plays this young guy. So in, in this case, the character is not a woman. It's a man moves into an apartment and it seems to be a little bit haunted with not literally the spirit, but just like the feelings, the vibe of the previous tenant who jumped out the window and killed themselves. And again, paranoia sets in and slowly but surely his character changes just like the other two protagonists as the apartment and the life just gradually starts to affect him. He starts to take on the identity of that previous tenant and things continue to get bad, bad, bad. Uh, all three movies have a lot of things in common. Paranoia, 
lead character is starting out as okay and devolving as it goes along. They become more and more horror films as the films go along. And they may not be the most pleasant viewing, but they're all really good films. I would say Rosemary's Baby is probably the best of the three. The Repulsion is a close second. The Tenant, I didn't think is a great movie. The first two are great movies, though. The Tenant is still a really good movie. And so if you want a, a really weird, they're not, I wouldn't say they're classic horror films in that sense, but more psychological thrillers. But all three are certainly the right kind of film for this time of year. And they make a really weird and really fitting trilogy. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. <coughs> all are available on various eventually. streaming services also. Actually, the last last thing I've got is also a streaming thing, and it's I can see there being some psychological horror in it, and there's certainly some blood. Although I'm going to explain why it took me so long to watch this movie, <laughs> and no, it's not for the same reason as Blade Runner or any of the other things. This is actually a you know I, I stayed awake for this, um, but it took me a long time <laughs> to want to get into a movie called Ip Man. Ah, because in the stuff that I work with when I'm not doing this, IP either means intellectual property or uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Internet properties. I mean, it, and I kept going, yeah, you know what? I don't know that I want to see that. And then I found out that Donnie Yen's in it. Really? And it's a martial arts movie. Son of a bitch. OK, maybe I will watch this. Yeah. And it turns out that the main character's name is is. Yip Man, although it could be Yip Man, depending on how you translate it. True. Or he could be called the Archer of the Fugitive from the Empire. I'm not sure. <laughs> Which he kind of ends up being, and there are archers involved at some point in this film. It starts off as a spectacular martial arts movie uh, set in the early 1900s in China. And the town where he, where he lives is big into martial arts with him being the best of the, the masters in town. And there's lots of different martial arts schools. And one day some out of towners come to take over and prove that they are the best martial artists, but he beats the crap out of their leader who has a final fantasy type, big ass sword beats <laughs> the crap out of him with a feather. That's a hint as to how good this guy is. Now, this is only like 15 minutes in. I'm not spoiling it. It's just to set it up because after that, it does get kind of depressing and a little bit horrific uh, because that's when Japan invades China and there, it turns into kind of a war movie, really. Uh, everyone goes broke. Uh, it man is forced out of his town and forced to take a job shoveling coal. <clears throat> While the evil Japanese warlord uh, essentially picks people to fight to prove that Japan's martial arts are better. And he rewards <clears throat> the Chinese fighters with a bag of rice if they can win. Uh, and eventually Ip Man's, and I couldn't quite get this because this was a subtitled movie. Uh, it was Ip Man's friend or cousin or nephew or all of the above. I'm not sure. Uh, got brought in and he got killed. So Ip Man got involved. And how many do you want to fight? I'll fight 10 people. And the uh, general guy goes, 10? 
at the same time. Yes. And he beats the crap out of all of them, including one that I, it was graphic and a bit more than I prefer in my movies. Cause I'm not really into the big graphic. Oh, look how many different places I can break your leg type moves. (laughs) But he did do that to one guy and then beat the crap out of the guy with his own leg while it was still attached. Now think about how you'd have to bend it to do that. It was, Ew, but at the same time, oh, dude, that's pretty cool. Anyway, the whole thing about this movie, and I did not realize this until uh, until the end, really. It's 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 not fully biographical, but it's semi biographical. This guy existed. This story pretty much happened. It's just been. Dramatized, I think is the right word. So there was a martial arts guy who was this good. And I suppose it's a spoiler to tell you, excuse me, that eventually one of his uh, disciples was this skinny guy who made a lot of movies (laughs) later named Bruce Lee. And while I realized that Bruce Lee made some tremendous martial arts movies, I think these are probably a little bit better than Bruce Lee's. Not necessarily because Donnie Yen is a better martial artist. I think he might be on the same level or at least close to the difference. I think between this and the Bruce Lee stuff is the cinematography. Because I think when they did the Bruce Lee stuff, they wanted to get up close and personal, but I think they got too up close. So you couldn't see anything. So, you know, if you pull back the camera a little bit, you'll be able to see it a lot better. And that's what they did with this. The cinematography in this movie was excellent. The story is excellent. The acting is excellent. And the martial arts are beyond excellent. So I'm going to highly recommend It Man, which is now streaming in a number of places. I, I have also seen It Man. I have, there are four movies in the series. I've only seen the I first have not one seen so the other far. ones yet. But from what I understand, they're all really, really good. And the fourth one might even be the best one so far, which is kind of crazy. Because the first one, I agree, is great. And, and you're spot on with – it's the production value. It's not so much the choreography and, and the skills. It's the production value because these are really well-made movies. Uh, and there's a big difference between making movies in the 70s and making them now too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, making them with a decent budget and all the rest of it. But yeah, and this uh, story oh. has been told several times. There's a movie called The Grandmaster, which is also great, which is also about It Man. Totally yep. different cast, but yeah, It Man is a really, really good movie. Donnie Yen is, he has a lot of screen presence too. It's not just that he's an excellent martial artist. He's hes a fun actor to watch. So, oh yeah, absolutely. And actually, you want to take it, <clears throat> let's take it full circle because you got started with It Man, who trained Bruce Lee. Who helped train Jackie Chan to an extent? Who helped train Sammo Hung? Who was the choreographer for this? <laughs> Sammo Hung, cool. I love like uh, that. And it's my understanding that Sammo at least appears in one of the other It Man movies. I'll have to get back to you on which one that was. But all of them are streaming. As a matter of fact, I think all of this is streaming. Yes, including the Archer and whoever wants to go with him. So I'm counting YouTube as a streaming service. It so is. you know what? We don't want you to end up like Batman is currently out with COVID because that could happen. We want you to stay safe. If you have to go outside, wear a mask. Otherwise, you should just stay home and watch a movie. 
Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?